Welcome, one and all, console war veterans and civilian news to the vi- 10th episode of the Green vs. Blue podcast. This week's topic, our top 10 games we are most excited for going into next gen. We are your hosts, David, SD Dog, and PlayStation Pat Fennel. Green vs. Blue is a podcast where we, your hosts, discuss the two best gaming platforms, Xbox and PlayStation. If you guys like to uh, check us out on patreon.com slash green versus blue, please do that. It supports the show. That is patreon.com slash green vs blue. Uh, big shout out to our patrons that are already supporting us. Uh, we got a couple in the last few weeks, so shouts out to them. If you want to hit us a direct line, you got any burning, burning questions, uh, hit us up at psboxcast at gmail.com. That's psboxcast at gmail.com. Uh, and Pat, where can we find your individual social media? You can find me on YouTube at Variety Pat. That's spelled V-A-Riot-Y-Pat. Or on Instagram at PlayStation Pat. How about you, Dave? Yeah, you can find me on uh, YouTube at SDDog. That's S-D-D-A-W-G. Or you can follow me at Twitch. Uh, that's Real SDDog. So same spelling there. And go check out my buddy Pat's streams. He's been doing a lot of individual streams lately on YouTube. Lots so of check, Pokemon check my- cards recently. Oh, yeah. Pokemon's heating up. Uh, the value of cards is going way up. And Pokemon couldn't be hotter than ever. It's been a thing for a little while. I've done on a couple streams where for a quick pre-show while I'm getting set up, I have done some pack openings. But that format really hasn't worked video production-wise. So I switched it up and doing some unboxings, Pokemon packs, Pokemon card collecting. Right now I'm working on getting a card for every single Pokemon. It's almost 900. Nice. Yeah, I was about to say, how many, po- how many Pokemans is there? And I don't need... I'm learning new ones still, so... Cool. Well, go, ch- go check out Pat's streams. Uh, Pat, before we get into the show, I believe we have a, a segment called Retroscope. You want to explain to our viewers what that is? Yeah. Listeners. So Retroscope is a weekly segment we do where we follow up on news prior weeks or make corrections to prior week's show like I am about to do now. So Dave, on the last episode, I stated Far Cry Blood Dragon was the first ever game I played. You liar. You lied, didn't you? (laughs) Far Cry Blood Dragon certainly was not the first game I ever played. But it was the first Far Cry game I ever played. In fact, so Far Cry Blood Dragon came out in 2010. The first game I ever played, in fact, was Super Mario World on the SNES. That was that was also my, my first experience. Wow. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, yeah. Super, Super Nintendo, my dad, my dad, oh. uh, my poor dad. <laughs> my, my, my fiscally, you know... <laughs> stable dad stable dad anyways uh we also have another correction here so last week pat we actually didn't get to this we i promised that we were going to talk about destiny and shaders and we're, uh, we're going to tie this into halo infinite and some news i have t- to update you guys on so we'll get into that later in the episode and we'll talk about customization in multiplayer games coming in the next year games this week pat what have you been playing what have you not been playing tell me Tell me all. Dave, so I've been playing some Mario Party with my girlfriend. That's been a good time recently. Just on the Nintendo Switch. Pop those Joy-Cons off. 
In fact, we went to the drive-in the other night, and before the movie started, we placed the Switch on the dash. Both popped off a Joy-Con. Yeah, pretty good time. And like I said, I've been doing some Pokemon card streams. Is this Super Mario Party correct? They don't have any, like, other Mario Parties on the Switch, do they? It's correct. There is only one Mario Party game on the Switch native. Not so sure about the backwards compatibility yet. I think Nintendo will keep improving that as well. Cool. So, what have you been playing? I've been saying I've been playing some Among Us uh, the last couple episodes, and I had a a lot of fun with that game, but I ended up dropping it just because of, well, one, number one time, I don't have a lot of it. Two, it just kind of got boring. I I think that since the game is such a sleeper hit, you know, I think they'll, they probably need to catch up with how popular that game is right now. So I think they need to probably add a big update to get me to come back. I'm sure people are still streaming it. People are stopping fun with it. They'll get that Fortnite kind of money, and then they'll be rocking and rolling constant updates. See on PS5 on Among Us, I guess. Crossbow. <laughs> but Pat, you know what game I have not stopped playing? Some Halo 5, baby. Oh, really? I... Did ya? So that game, still still grinding away at max rank. I'm here to give an update. do 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 I am fi- about 5 million XP away. I'm going to do this every 10 episodes. I'm going to give you an exact update of where I'm at. So I'm about 5 mil away from ha- the halfway point in the max rank. It's a, it's a long way. And how much is the complete amount of XP you need? Oh my gosh, it's 50 million. So, you know, little by little, chipping away. So you got thirty mil- <laughs> about 30 million left? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I've been doing that a little bit here. Have, haven't had too much time to play video games, unfortunately. But uh, I have been trying to win a Series X at Taco Bell, my friend. I've just been drinking a bunch of sugar water and trying to win that through the, the cups. Oh, get, so get you a... weren't joking before the show when you said you were going to go <laughs> drink some Mountain Dew. No, they've been giving away Series Xs on at Taco Bell. You to like buy a medium drink and you get like a code and you like text the code and you're like oh like if you win or not but i don't know i haven't won yet yeah good luck so i might i might join you in this diabetes uh gang pretty here here pretty soon so (laughs) 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 you're you're ridiculous so pat do we have any new playstation games to talk about yeah so we got 26 new playstation games this week It's really ridiculous when you go to the games this week on the PlayStation Store. It lists all of the items and different things that came out. So that includes DLC. Sometimes that includes different currency packs. So you'll have like a complete five different ones between a range of one and one dollar and like a hundred dollars. And it just takes up so much space. So there was a hundred and one new things this week on the PlayStation Store. 26 actual new games. We'll just go through three of them right now. Three of them that were pretty standout. Everything else was very small indie games, nothing noteworthy. If there ends up being anything noteworthy, we will let you know on Retroscope in coming weeks. But anyways, we got NHL 21. Big game coming out only two or three weeks after the end of the actual NHL season this year. So that's pretty wild. <sighs> and then on top of that, we got Race with Ryan Road Trip 
Deluxe Edition. Dave, do you know about this kid Ryan on YouTube? Uh, no. No, I don't. To my knowledge, Ryan is this kid that opens toys on YouTube and has been doing it for years. So has a following of a bunch of kids. And basically, it you're not supposed to market to kids on YouTube, but it's basically marketing to kids on YouTube without selling them advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> but this kid, Ryan, has these mystery... these. $30 mystery egg things at Target on the end caps of the aisles like with his his faces on it and now he's got his own kart racer video game lucky race with Ryan road trip deluxe edition yeah it if you got a little tiny kid it might be worth checking out buying have it preloaded on their PS4 or PS5 when you give it to them on Christmas or whatever day. But there's a game already on PlayStation, on PlayStation Vita specifically, called Mod Nation Racers Road Trip. That's the, I believe that's the studio that developed that game is now closed. But hmm. PlayStation, I presume, continues to hold the IP for Mod Nation Racers. I, I could see a little license uh infringement here it's a darn that's a darn shame tis tis <laughs> all right and then lastly we got doodle god evolution dave do you remember that that gem doodle god back in the ios app wait was it game wasn't it called uh, wasn't it called pocket god no pocket you pocket god was a different one i played the absolute crud out of pocket god when it came out <laughs> the absolute crust out of it yeah i can't believe you you wasted hours on that just i don't know what the heck that was game that wasn't like the the infancy of like ios you know games it was like oh look you can pinch your fingers super wide and it does this and you can throw it, you can spin your finger around you'll throw the the people off the island and it's so cool and it's like I don't know why that game didn't wear off on me, but it, like I, it kept me entertained for like months. I was like so enamored with just the being able to be a god. Like <laughs> as you were bringing up the multi-touch, I think that was in the era where Apple had just introduced more sensitive finger inputs. Yeah, it was like right on the cusp of that. Before the mobile game market and the mobile storefronts were just completely overrun inundated with anything and literally everything so what's what's doodle god evolution what, what's so different from that and uh pocket god so doodle god was the, it was kind of a fun thing it was you started with the uh four elements fire water earth and wind and you were playing God, quote unquote, but it was just very simple pressing buttons and mixing different elements. And you would start from those four things and then build up to things of modern civilization, like creating medicine and fill out. It was kind of, it's kind of ridiculous. But now this, this iOS gem has evolved into doodle God evolution and it's 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 kind of nice if it's a smaller game maybe catch it when it's on sale i think it's 10 bucks but when it goes down to 
five maybe uh, worth mm-hmm. checking out. I mean, it might be worth checking out for ten. It's kind of a baby's first civilization. So if you're mm. so, if you're someone who's into civilization and you want to get your kids into it, then check out Doodle God Evolution. Anyways, awesome. what the heck is going on over there on Xbox? I see you got a lot more going on than PlayStation. Yeah, from what I've seen um, in the beginning of the month, we didn't have too much going on Game Pass, but now we do. There's some on PC, so it's not a ton coming on console, but I figured I'd list them all out. So we have Age of Empires 3, great series, uh, real-time strategy, Definitive Edition uh, on PC as of October 15th, so you can go pick that up right now. Uh, We also have on PC uh, right now Heave Ho, I don't know what that game is. Katana Zero. Also don't know what that game is, but it's on Android and console and PC. Maybe Heave Ho is another pirate game. Like, what's the one called on over there? Oh, like Sea of Thieves? Yeah, maybe it's another pirate game like Sea of Thieves. Yeah, I I have no no idea. I think I've heard Katana Zero is pretty good as well. We have Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition on console and PC right now. And we also have The Swords of Ditto. Mor- Mormo's Curse on PC only. Is that a Pokemon so can... game with Ditto? <laughs> <laughs> the swords of Ditto. Ditto's just like wielding two Excalibur swords and like just wrecking your day. Maybe he turns into the Gen 7 Pokemon or Gen 7 or 8 Hone Edge. It's a literal sword. <laughs> uh, and then to finish up the list, we have Scourgebringer on console. That sounds like an indie game, and that's available on the 21st, probably by the time you listen to this. And we also have Cricket 19 on console, October 22nd. And I believe also on the 22nd we have another game on console called Superland. So check those games out. You should be stacked for the rest of the month. Yeah, that's all we got for games this week, Pat. Nice. On on the podcast hosting service, Simplecast that we use, we have a heat map of where we're getting downloads and cricket 19 might be popular with some of our newer indian listeners so welcome yeah shouts out to all of our people in india that are listening to us shout out to people anybody out shout out to everybody outside of america welcome and thank you for checking our please keep keep listening and keep giving us uh keep giving us listens that's awesome um so pat let's move into our biggest segment of this episode called cross-examination and for any of our new listeners out there cross-examination is a segment where uh, we take big relevant news about xbox and playstation uh, and when they intersect with each other in the gaming world Uh, we then debate speculate or create a discussion of our own which we think fosters good discourse now pat what up in our previous two episodes We've been taking a little bit of a break from our news heaviness out of our episodes. And, and uh, last two episodes, if you guys haven't listened, go check them out. They are our top 10 favorite games of this generation that's about to end. Next episode was our worst games of this generation that's about to end. And now this week, I think we should be looking forward a little bit since the console generations are just so close. And there's so much news that's about to come out. Yeah. Nice to just take a breather and... Uh, Look forward to the games that are to come for next generation. So Use our imaginations before some of them may inevitably <laughs> disappoint. <laughs> yes. It's always fun to just like imagine how great these games are going to be, even though <laughs> some of them probably won't live up to the hype. But let's talk about our top 10 
most anticipated games for next generation. But first, let's do some honorary mentions. We couldn't fit them all into 10. There's just too many. So let's go to our first pick. Pat, take it away. All right. So last week, Dave, I cheekily brought up that Cyberpunk 2077 was one of the most disappointing games for the last <laughs> gen. Well, it was on my honorary mentions because it, it, it hasn't come out. But heck, man, it, it sure makes the honorary mentions of my top 10 list for the most anticipated games I'm going to be playing on PS5 because, by golly, I think that game's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, I, th- I think we would be doing everyone a disservice if we didn't mention the, how hype we should, like, everyone should be for t- Cyberpunk 2077. I, I didn't make my top five just because, like, I don't know, I haven't really been following this game since day one. I've uh, been really following it since, like, a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. And I d- actually, so, Pat, I actually pre-ordered the collector's edition originally. Did you? And I, I thought I canceled it because I was just like, it's too much money. It's too much money. It's, like, 250 bucks. Uh-huh. So I thought I canceled it, and I looked at my GameStop account the other day, and it's still there. I'm, like, kind of happy, because even though I'm going to be broke this holiday, but I'm, like, <laughs> I'm I'm just going to hold on to it. So if if I end up holding on to it, I'll maybe we'll do, like, a video and open it up and or do, like, some streaming with it. I don't know. We'll do something with Cyberpunk for sure at some point here. Um, but, man. Dude, I think Cyberpunk 2077 is, like, was revealed almost a decade ago first off so i haven't been following it since day one either but i think it's so anticipated and people are so ready for like a big game again that looking forward at this game i think this could be the kind of game that like actually crafts the future you know Mm -hmm. like it could actually influence styles and inspire people to like make some of the fantastical inventions that CD Projekt Red has in store for us. Yeah, I, I love the atmosphere of like the cyberpunk genre, and I feel like this game is just going to encapsulate that so well. And also Keanu Reeves, and also <laughs> like this game is going to have like cool driving in it. It's going to have like tons of customization, so much player choice. Yeah, it's going to push the boundaries for sure. Uh, I'm just really excited to see how they're going to do that exactly. Because, I haven't, again, I haven't been super following it, but I, I just know from all the YouTubers and people on the Internet that I follow that this game is going to be good. And it's going to be very, like, it's going to be very progressive in what in what they're doing. My personal philosophy is no, no game is going to be perfect and there's no reason to get super hype, anticipate about it. So... I think at the minimum, this game's going to be good, and take it as that, And but I can't wait at the same time. Yeah, the last time I was really anticipated for a, a game on, the, on this type of level was probably Red Dead Redemption 2 in my recent memory. Mm-hmm. This one is a little bit higher. This one's a little bit more hyped up, in my opinion, than Red Dead 2, because Red Dead 2, it was like a lot of people kind of expected that to, to come at some point. This game just seems to be like on almost on the status of like a man, like Halo Three type type hype. Maybe not as crazy with like the marketing, but like for me personally, like this feels like one of those games that you just know is going to be good. So you're like really excited for it because you know the, who the developer is, 
and, and like what this game is promising and, and like the probability that they'll deliver on that. Yeah. So Cyberpunk 2077. We'll be talking about it in the coming future. I am certain of that. David, how about you? I, I put on my honorary mention, uh, Little Nightmares 2. So this is not like a obviously a Cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> <laughs> caliber game, but uh, I really enjoyed. I've said on this podcast before, I really enjoyed the first Little Nightmares. That was uh, just a really cool, creepy like platformer, puzzle platformer. Had a really cool story to it. The world was really cool. So I'm excited to see where they're gonna what they're gonna do with Little Nightmares 2. And I think it's gonna be kind of like a co-op ga- game as well, so you can play two players at once, which the first game didn't have. So I'm just really excited to see what what that game is going to bring. It didn't make my top five because it's, I mean, it's probably going to be like a $40 game. It's not going to be a huge engagement. I'll probably play it once all the way through, play it again to get all the achievements, and I'll probably probably be done with it, but still. Yeah, I you showed me the trailer for that game, and it looks really awesome. I still need to get to the first one, but it's one of those spooky games, man. It, it takes a lot for me to pick up one of those you know mm-hmm. all right the next two and the last games on my honorary mentions list are destruction all-stars and death loop i don't have super high expectations for these games i don't know if i'm gonna play either one of them necessarily destruction all-stars is a day one release but it's gonna be 60 bucks and I don't know if it's going to be worth it at that price. Mm-hmm. It it looks like this Fortnite mixed with uh, Demolition Derby. Yeah, it looks like Fortnite mixed with Rocket League plus like Mad Max type stuff. With cars <laughs> just crashing into each other. And <laughs> when you get out of your car, there's, uh, yeah, it's a whole bunch. But it looks very much like Fortnite. So I could see it going free to play one day. It seems like an innovative game, and that's why I'm excited about it. I, th- I think it could influence and bring cool new play styles into the medium. And then for the same reason on my list, I have Deathloop. And I think Deathloop, we talked about it previously when we saw an extended trailer of it and a little preview of the gameplay mechanics. Um, and I think it could be cool and innovative and change up shooter shooters a lot bring in some fresh blood Mm -hmm. but i'm i'm still a little worried about it because we don't really know what it is still it's a first person shooter but that's kind of it awesome okay so that's that's been our uh, honorary mentions let's move into our top 10 though the most important list top 10 most anticipated games of next generation pat you want to flip a coin who's going first bing it says you Oh, okay, you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I'll go go first. So it was in August or July. They had the Xbox reveal. They showed a lot of their first-party games that they're going to come out with eventually on the Series X. Uh, Not a lot of gameplay, but they did show some cutscenes. They showed Halo Infinite gameplay. We'll get that. We'll get to Don't worry. Don't worry, guys. We'll get to that later. (laughs) But number five on my list that I thought really stood out from that showing was Scorn. So Scorn appears to be this really like creepy first-person shooter slash 
I don't even know what this game's supposed to be. It kind of looks like the world of like Alien. It looks like if you've seen the movie Prometheus. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like that movie, but like a game. It's, Ooh, it's looks nice. really looks really gross and uh, very dark and gritty. And I kind of I, I don't know. I'm just drawn to like that type of game. Like first person shooter, you have me. Horror game, you have me. So the less I know about this game right now, I feel like the better. <laughs> I'm just like pretty hyped for that. Uh, so Scorn. I think they showed a little bit of gameplay of that, too, so go check that out. I'm really excited for that. We're getting a very similar game on PS5, in fact. Oh, it's It's called Returnal. Returnal? Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. You're, you're like this astronaut lady on some moon, but there's some supernatural thing going on where she's stuck in a loop, but the loop sort of changes every time. Hmm. It looks sick. Anyway, so Scorn, I, I feel like I just got to do this game some justice. I feel like I didn't explain it that well. So uh, the, the player, as per Wikipedia, the player controls a skinless humanoid lost in a nightmarish world filled with odd creatures and a macabre tapestry resembling a living techno-organic structure composed of steel, flesh, and bone. The player will explore different interconnected regions in a non-linear fashion, searching for answers that will explain more about the game's world. Perfect. That's all I need to know about this game. I'm like in. <laughs> this is so. This game looks absolutely. It's it's completely unique looking. I hope they don't go for like a Doom feel, where it's like just run through and like chainsaw and like you know, bleh, oh. like jam out to metal. Like I hope it's just this really like slow burn, creepy like walk through hallways, you know. But you know what it does look like? It looks like the cover. This game looks like the cover of a Tool album. <laughs> nice. It does. It does. Yeah. And then um, and Returnal, Returnal at the same time. Um, almost catches the same vibe but it's more uh scorn is to scorn is like tool album and returnals like (laughs) in prometheus it's more like prometheus i would say yeah yeah so i'm super interested in that one and uh, i was saying that the uh, xbox the series x they seem to have their their horror games on lock they got that one and then uh i think also around launch they have the medium which is another, I didn't mention it here because I just, I don't know too, a, a bunch about it, but it's a, it's like a third person horror game as well. You're playing in like two different worlds at the same time. It's supposed to show off that, uh, like the SSD and like how, how much it can do at like at one time on the console. So I'm really excited to see what that one's going to do too. But yeah, cool. they got me with a horror game. So nice. Any, anyways, Pat, let's go to you. What you got on your list? Dave, so the first game on my list, man, boy, I am excited about Horizon 2. Yep. Yep. Horizon 1, man, I was on board since day one. I think I had a little monologue about it on a prior episode about how much I love Horizon 1 and was on board. Uh, And boy, I'm on board for Horizon 2 on PS5. It's also going to be available on PS4. If it has a separate trophy list, I might play it twice. And then we'll get that nice graphics upgrade once the PS5 is sitting on my shelf at home. Yeah, I'm I'm also I haven't even played that game. <laughs> the first one, but I'm excited for for you. <laughs> that's how that's how much I'm excited for this game because it just looks so good and all, all I hear is praise from that franchise, so we'll see. Yeah. I think I'm going to f- end up forcing you to play it at some point. 
<laughs> but we'll, so we'll see about that. Well, you know, I'll end, I'll end up lending you my PS4 at some point <laughs> uh, to at least check out Horizon 1. What, Dave, what you got next? So let's go back to the Xbox side of things. So we have Sinuous Sacrifice Hellblade 2 coming out. We don't know when. That was also showcased on the uh, the presentation back in July, I believe. And they didn't show any gameplay. They just showed, like, location photography. <laughs> like, where they where they did, like, shooting oh. for the game, for the game's, like, background and stuff. I mean, it looks incredible. It's a small so studio. I'm, I'm not going to hold it against them. Yeah, but I think... I think they're really beefing up the the visuals, and I think the, if I want to say the budget's a little bit bigger, just from what I'm getting. Like the first game was like this in between indie, in between like triple A title, you know? Yeah. So this, I feel like this one's gonna really, they're really gonna try to put this one up front as like, hey, this is an Xbox franchise. So as we've talked about before, the first Hellblade was was really good. I didn't get to finish the game because of a bug. But I'm going to go back to that one and finish it because it was the story was just really it really involved the player. Um, so I was really drawn into that world. I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with the gameplay on the, on two. This is another just creepy game it has to do with like Norse mythology and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about the horror vibes. So let's, let's get it. Hellblade two. I think it's going to look really good on the Series X. So that makes my number four list. Hellblade 1, I think, was the best double-A game we've had probably in the last decade. Now Hellblade 2, sadly for me, is going to be an Xbox exclusive. I'll probably end up being able to play it on PC, which is a nice perk of the Xbox ecosystem at the moment. But I think Hellblade 2, with the backing of Microsoft, with that exclusivity... I think Hellblade 2 is and is going to end up being exceptional. Awesome. Pat, do you want to go back to you? What else we got on your list? Sure. So the second game, the second most anticipated game on my list would have to be whatever the heck Kojima Games is going to end up releasing. <laughs> Silent Hill, Silent Hill, Silent Hill. I mean, who the heck knows? Konami? I believe owns the rights to Silent Hills. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. I don't think they've really utilized the IP. I think they've put them in like casino, like casino games. They've put <laughs> they put like slapped like the Silent Hill brand on a on a roulette. On a, I forget what you call the slot machines. Which is I, the, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Shows me how much I gamble. <laughs> Konami has done the same Thing with Metal Gear and a couple other IP where they're only producing gambling machines of these IP over there really in Japan. I think I've seen a couple in Las Vegas a couple times. I've been maybe two or three times over the last two, three years. Yeah. Hey, we could potentially see Konami strike a deal with PlayStation to get the Silent Hills IP or at least... Um, lease it out per se and reconnect kojima or and konami even though their relationship ended on bad terms <laughs> yeah i just must be really clamoring for like some some horror games right now i feel like that's all we've been talking about <laughs> very 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 appropriate for the month of october Didn't- but yeah i'm excited to see whatever kojima does next 
Yeah, Death Stranding was one of the best games I played on PS5. Death Stranding did not make my top 5, but in hindsight, I think it makes my top 10, my personal top 10. You can go back. Episode 8 was our top 5 personal games, so a total of top 10 games of this this closing generation. But yeah, I'm super excited to see whatever Kojima comes up with next. I hope it's on PlayStation. Apparently, PlayStation and Kojima didn't have the best working relationship through the development of Death Stranding. Lord knows why. Just the nature of the industry is that that stuff doesn't really come out. Hopefully, we'll hear about it someday. Yeah. But I sure hope to see and am waiting with anticipation for whatever the heck Kojima Studios has up for us next. Dave, back to you. We're going to keep talking about some horror games, so... uh... I'm actually really excited for the Left 4 Dead spiritual successor, which is titled Back for Blood. Pat, did you ever play the Left 4 Dead series about 10, 12 years ago? <laughs> I did not. It looked like a pretty cool it looked like a pretty cool series. Multiplayer zombie hunting. Yep. First person shooter cooperative zombie survival modes like survival campaign i guess like that was the the main chunk of the game they made two of them and i can't remember which one i liked most but i remember playing with my brother and and we would just get like like huddle up in the dark and like play you know left for dead and and just be like it was just really you know rambunctious gameplay there's a ton of zombies coming after you there's different types you know coming after you uh so you have to use certain weapons to kill certain ones or at least that's how I remember the gameplay. But I remember it just being really fun. And I don't think I experienced the game like that. Uh, still haven't really experienced one that's really hit that same uh, chord. I think the ones that come close maybe is maybe just like the Call of Duty Zombies franchises. But those are more like comic book, you know, very lighthearted. They're not as like, I don't know. It didn't invoke the same tone as those games. And then maybe World War Z. But that's like a third person zombie mode first off was left left for dead and x is left for dead an xbox exclusive i don't think i don't think it was i could be wrong but uh, i played it on the 360 okay i think left for dead came out when i was sort of lapsed on having a console i think that was the era where i only had the wii and my trusty Nintendo DS and th- then there was there was a short time for six months that I had a 360 but I think Left 4 Dead really came out in between that window and I missed out on it <laughs> yeah I feel like that was when like zombies as kind of like a you know I feel like zombies are really emerging back into like all mediums like mm-hmm. you know TV we got the walking dead around that time a lot of zombie movies were coming out in the 2000s that was just like the perfect time for like that game to come out, at least for me. So I I loved playing that game with my brother and having like really fun memories, like trying to survive, and it was just like really crazy gameplay. So uh, this game is supposed to be a spiritual successor. I think it's the, the same studio, Turtle Turtle Rock Studios. I think they're one of at least one of the same developers that were on the original games. So I'm really excited to see what like what this new game is going to be and especially if they're following the same DNA of like the last two then like on new on next gen graphics like that's going to be so cool. So I'm really excited for that one. Cool. All right, let's go back. Let's go back to you. All right, Dave. So the third game on my list has to be 
whatever the heck Naughty Dog has up their sleeve for the PS5 <laughs> generation. The Last of Us 3. Naughty Dog has the best track record in the industry at the moment. Well, we got four Uncharted games and two Last of Us games in the last 12 years. Almost a completely perfect track record. I believe all of them have ratings above 90 on Metacritic. And, you know, Naughty Dog is finally free, Dave. The Uncharted series has really run its course, at least... I think as far as Naughty Dog is concerned, they're moving on from that series. And if we do see iterations of Uncharted in the future, which we probably will, it will have been developed by other studios. And we got Last of Us 1. We got a completely out-of-nowhere sequel, Last of Us 2, which I think initially Naughty Dog did not want to do, did not really plan to do, because The Last of Us Part 1 was so, such a self-contained story. So they're finally free. What the heck are we going to see from them this generation? Hopefully another, uh, let's just get it like a new Jack and Daxter, please. Please no, Lord. They have so much more potential than that. I love those games. That. Dude, imagine if they just like insane graphics, like, oh my gosh. Imagine the talent they're too good that they for that could now. attract. <laughs> if with motion capture, they could have A-list celebrities. If they if they bring back Jack, I will I will I will stop playing Xbox and go over to PlayStation 5 for a whole year if they announce a new Jack game. Naughty Dog, that's their next game. On God. But Dave, if there was ever a time for video game production to be more attractive to A-list celebrities than the blockbuster movies they could be in, it would be now. Movie production is down to probably a slower rate than it's ever been due to work restrictions and people getting sick from COVID, scheduling just being a complete nightmare, and finding you know, supplies and equipment rentals and places for all those actors and crew to be, you know, when the actor could just go into a little studio, there's only five or six people doing motion capture and it's much less exposure. They can be accurately portrayed in, in our medium now. Yeah. Yeah. There's, man, there's so much potential. Man, I, I don't even know where to start where they were where they're gonna go with this what were you saying about motion capture exactly what was the point you were making there um that actor like as far as acting talent is concerned um working with naughty dog oh, is yeah. like working with the biggest movie studio in the industry now and video games is debatably an industry that's going to be bigger than films someday so it, there's never been a better time for them to jump into our medium than right now yeah for sure let's get a let's get a movie slash video game made from naughty dog just an interactive movie but not a movie it's a video game what was that game over on there on xbox where they did the cross medium where it was half tv show half game quantum break or something oh uh, yeah i think so i haven't played i never played that one that was the same that was the same uh that was ubisoft right you made that 
I, I'm I not know. sure. Let, let's see something crazy next gen from Naughty Dog. Yeah. All right. So let's go back to me, Pat. On my number two list, it is from also from the July reveal, the worst kept secret in the gaming industry, Fable Remake. Woo woo. So as a lot of YouTubers and podcasts I watched said, this really was the worst kept secret of video game industry. They were saying, they were hinting at like, oh, uh, you know, we're working on something that resembles an old, like an older IP. Everyone's like, it's Fable. (laughs) (laughs) Either that or Perfect Dark Zero, which was launched on the, uh, Rare originally released that, and that was launched on the 360. So there's one of those two games. It's getting remade, getting a reboot. The other one might still be getting a reboot. Anywho, Fable, really excited for that game. The original one, I remember playing on the original Xbox and watching my friend play as well and I was like super jealous. I was like, what are you playing? Like this seems like so cool. And it made me want to buy an Xbox. And I remember and I played this recently. We talked about this on the podcast before. I played the anniversary edition of Fable and it just brought back so many memories. It's such a such a carefree RPG where you're in this like fantastical world and like, you know, this almost like Lord of the Rings feeling um type of world where you're in like the shire pretty much in the beginning but you're not in the shire of course uh but then you learn abilities um you know tragedy happens to you you, and you're thrown into like this school and you have to like learn you know magic and you're trying to get like you're trying to avenge the people who like attacked your village and there's like a layer of like seriousness to it and i never played the sequels maybe we'll do that on live stream sometime but the first game was really fun and i'm meaning to go back to it so when the new one comes out, hopefully they just translate that that feeling of the first one over and with next gen graphics and like a full fledged story mode. So I'm really excited to see what Fable does, and I'm also really excited to. Uh, I just want to really feel that feeling I had when I first when I was on the original Xbox. Like there was just nostalgia, nostalgia. There was just so there was such like a I don't know like a a list of games that really solidified my love for Xbox. Like there was Fable. There was there was like the original Shrek game. I don't know if you ever played that nope. Shrek, that Shrek game. It was so crazy. If it was on, I think it was like a day one launch or something on the original Xbox. Really? I remember playing that. <laughs> there was Crimson Skies, which was like this crazy dogfighting game. Uh-huh. There was also Fusion Frenzy, which is like Xbox's version of Mario Party. There was just all these like really crazy like carefree games and I just want Xbox to like kind of return to that like we don't care just have fun on our platform you mm-hmm. know not trying to go for the super serious story um like kind of like how PlayStation does <laughs> Ooh, even well, though there is oh there God. is yeah I don't want all these like you know stories in my games we'll get that out of here um uh, no I I just feel your gameplay <laughs> yeah I, yeah I think I think Xbox needs a game like that to kind of just give, you know, remind us like, hey, Xbox is, it, it's, mo- it's more more about having fun and just having a good time in a game. So I'm really excited for Fable, even though we saw like no gameplay of it at all. Yeah, I checked out Fable 3 for a couple hours on Xbox 360 and what a charming game. And as you were saying, the worst kept secret in the industry, I think this game has been... A Fable remake has been asked for since at least 2010. So I think it was time for them to deliver. And at least the reveal looked good. So I'm excited for some gameplay or some in-game footage. 
Yeah, I, I really wish they would they'd reach their hand into more like older Xbox exclusive IPs. I mean, they're doing that with Psychonauts. They're coming out with the second one finally. Mm-hmm. Fable. They're I, I appreciated that I appreciated the fact that they picked Fable. I'd really like to see a Crimson Skies remake or something like that. That would be awesome. Or like a Fusion Frenzy remake because I feel like Xbox does kind of need that family friendly like party mode. You know, kind of like how Nintendo does. I feel like that would be an awesome addition. But anyway, well, it's backwards compatible, so why can't you just play it already? <laughs> I mean, you can't. I mean, you can't. I mean, maybe that's the reason why they're not why they're not doing it. But so a man can hope all the same. A man can hope, and uh, this this hoping man is me. So Pat, what do we have for your number two? Dave, I'll tell you what I'm sure hoping out, hoping for. What I'm anticipating is got to be GTA Six. Ooh. GTA 5, literally the biggest, most successful piece of media of all time. But I'm super stoked to see GTA 6. Speaking of having exceptional actors, GTA 6, I believe, will deliver on that. I mean, the actors from GTA 5 ended up having successful silver screen and big screen careers, you know? After that point, Trevor, Trevor from GTA five, we saw him in Breaking Bad. That was pretty cool. One of the greatest shows of all time of all time. Yeah, I think we don't know where GTA six is going to be. We don't know. We we don't know if it's going to have if there's going to be a GTA six story, if it's just going to be a new iteration of GTA online with some baked in thing. I sure hope not. It will go from one of my most anticipated to the one of most disappointing for me, mm-hmm. if that's the case, this next generation. But GTA 6, baby, I can't wait for that day. I'm really interested to see when this one's going to come out because you know it's coming and you know it has to come this gener- this next generation. So it's just a matter of when in the next seven years is this game coming out. They, they take their time. Rockstar takes their time with good, with good reason. Good reason indeed. So, David, speaking of taking time, let me taking tell, an infinite amount of time. Tell me about your number one most anticipated game. Whoa, who who is doing all those Gregorian chants? I don't know. Who is it? It might be me. So, my number one top anticipated game for next generation is you guessed it. Halo Infinite. Master Chief. Master Chief. Master Chief. <laughs> Mr. Chef. Cortana. I'm yeah. Cortana. How may I help you? Pat can't make fun of Halo because <laughs> you've never played it. You don't have you don't have rights to I don't even I don't even know what I'm it. trying to make fun of. <laughs> um it's ten fifteen PM over here, so we're we're a bit loopy. We're still working remotely. Anyways, Halo Infinite's on my list. As you know, I've been a big Halo fan. Pat, we were just talking about the the old days of Xbox. My first memories of getting an Xbox was playing Halo 2 for the first time, and it blew my mind away and made me the man I am today. (laughs) So I've played every Halo game, Combat Evolved, Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo 4, had good memories on all of them, the Master Chief Collection. And we were talking about how earlier how 343, I think they've done a good job at kind of uh, just salvaging the the brand of Halo after the debacle with the Master Chief Collection launch and whatnot. So 
I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with Halo Infinite. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in a bit. I do have some trepidations about the multiplayer. The multiplayer is going to be free to play, which is a big step for the franchise. They are also, but they're still promising a full-fledged campaign. So I'm, that's what I most care about is the story, the campaign. There's a lot of new things with the gameplay. There's like a grappling hook that Master Chief's going to have it's, that could change up the, uh, the mechanics. The forge mode on it, I feel like it's just going to be crazy. Like people are going to make just really cool maps on the game. I'm, I'm just really excited. And they're, they're promised that Halo Infinite is going to be like a platform, which also kind of makes me worried as well because a lot of games say that they're going to be like this 10-year plan and they ended up being like Anthem or they ended up being like, you know, Marvel Avengers, which is not having really good reception right now. On the other side... We do have Rainbow Six Siege, five years in, still supporting. Yep. So we do have good examples, too. Destiny is as a mixed bag, but it's good to compare Destiny since Bungie is, makes Destiny. Now they're away from Activision. They're doing a lot better stuff. So I think I personally think that Microsoft's going to let Halo breathe in terms of uh, giving giving people content over time, not feeling like you're, you, you wasted your money. And especially with Game Pass, there's not a lot of risk involved, which is another reason why why I'm a little worried. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But ultimately, I'm just really excited to see there is a there's a return to the old art style that Bungie had. They're not they're kind of straying away from Halo 4 and Halo 5 after a lot of backlash toward that. So I'm excited to see them kind of meet us in the middle. We're old Halo fans and also appeasing kind of like the newer crowd. That and the competitive scene with multiplayer we've talked about on the podcast. There's just so much with this game. I feel like it could just be like the next new big game, almost on the status of like Warzone or Fortnite. I feel like Halo needs, this is the time for Halo to make its comeback as the first person shooter king. So that's (laughs) why it makes my list. Yeah, they got a lot of, they got a lot to live up to now. Remind me, is there tie-in with your max rank on Halo 5 with Halo Infinite? Any perks? <laughs> yes, I mean, that was one of the reasons why I'm uh, I'm working toward that max rank, because they said they're going to give a token of appreciation to people who hit max rank in Halo 5 day one once they get into multiplayer of Halo Infinite. They haven't, they haven't said what it is. You're going to probably have some crazy bonkers Master Chief suit. <laughs> I bet it's just going to be like an emblem or something. It probably won't be anything crazy. <laughs> I hope to God they give you something crazy for as much time <laughs> what, as you pour in. Whatever it is, I'm just like, just make it cool. That's all I say. Fair. Fair. So yeah, Halo. We'll, we'll, we'll hear more about that in a bit. So Pat, oh, what do we got for your number one? Are you, are you going to bring up Halo next week? or, uh, or, or are you... we, we have it in our Fast Fire news. Oh, oh I... I... I just wasn't sure how much you're going to keep talking about Halo every every single week. <laughs> <laughs> it's only it's only an Xbox PlayStation podcast, so uh if you want to you want to bring up Jack and Jack and Daxter, that's, that's if cool it's too. only the if 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 if, if it, it's only PS2 era games that I that I know of. It, bring that it's up. No, it's not just the biggest Xbox game of all time. It's no. No. Yeah. Well, speaking of games that have brought us into our respective ecosystems, David, and have kept us around, let me tell you the most anticipated game on my list has got to be Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And Ratchet and Clank 1 
charmed me into the PlayStation ecosystem on PS2. I played all of the original PS2 games, one through three. I played two or three of the PS3 games, the PS4 game, the PlayStation Vita game, and the collection on the PlayStation Vita. So I'm almost played as much Ratchet and Clank as you have Halo. <laughs> True fan. Yeah. You know, stuck with them through the good and the bad. But at least with Ratchet and Clank PS4, they are on an upward tick again. We had a little bit of a slump in the Ratchet and Clank games in the early 2010s. But I think with Ratchet and Clank now being a Sony first party studio, I think Insomniac is really excited. I think this is going to end up being an exceptional PS5 title. At least it will be in my mind. Yeah, yeah, it looks super promising with like how fast you load into different like areas of the map. It seems like they're really show- they're showing off the capabilities of the hardware on that game. So it's cool that that that, that game's getting a lot of a lot of good praise as of as of late. Yeah, and it's cool that one of my favorite franchises, even though it's uh, you know just simple cartoony fun, is going to be one of those games that pushes and really shows off the PlayStation 5 hardware at the same time. Cool. So, Pat, uh, number one question, though, why is God of War 2 not on your list? Dave. Hmm? <laughs> hmm? I, I'm I'm excited for God of War 2. But that, that logo didn't didn't do enough for you? I, you, you know, I <laughs> this is like the seventh or eighth God of War game, first off. So, God of War, this lovely lovely reboot that we saw in 2016 the god of war game we saw on ps4 exceptional exceptional game of last gen but it's going to be available in the ps plus collection day one for every ps plus user you're basically going to have to have ps plus if you want to play online or have a large chunk of functionality on the ps5 internet wise I'm sure I'm going to be excited and be playing God of War 2 the day one, but I, I I don't have to really see anything or know anything about that game until it's in my hand. Yeah, they, they can make they can make 11 Ratchet and Clanks, and that's fine, but God of War, <laughs> you know, make, makes 8, and oh, I'm not excited for it anymore. No, it's going to be a great game, but I'm, I'm not <laughs> I, like... I'm just pulling. I'm just pulling your uh, <laughs> pulling your DualShock oh my controller. Lord. I don't even know what All that right, joke was. All right, let's just move it on. All right, out. let's just move on. Let's move on to Fast Fire News. For listeners old and new, Fast Fire News is a weekly news segment where we deliver the news to you faster than Harrison Ford escaping custody after being framed for killing his wife in the 1993 hit The Fugitive. So, Dave, what news do we got this week? I meant to mention this last week. Pat, we were talking about Destiny Shaders, and I meant to make a point about that. I swear I was going to make a point about that. So if you can briefly explain to me what Destiny Shaders are, that would be great, because it ties into some news about Halo Infinite that's coming up. And I mentioned I have some trepidations about the multiplayer and how they might monetize it. So yeah. just just explain to so, me in Destiny 1, which I played extensively, the 
shaders, which turn your armor's various color schemes, yada yada. The shaders in Destiny 1, first off, were reusable, so you could switch them out. They covered every single piece of armor for the most part, so your outfit was one consistent color if you had that shader. And even if you switched out different pieces of armor, you know, that, that beautiful color scheme that you picked stuck. But sadly, David, for Destiny 2, the shaders, first off, only want cover one piece of armor. And second off, they're one-time use only. Oh, so they're like consumables? Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're consumable. It just allows them to monetize the game much more. You know, instead of a single shader, yeah. there's probably five or six different shaders for each piece of armor and if you're switching those out you're just constantly hunting and for some of the rarer shaders that are like given to special given to people who you know are the first 10 or 100 people in the world to complete a certain raid they can they only get it one time it it really it really stinks compared to what was available in destiny one yeah, so if I if I can draw a comparison, this is kind of like the decals you have in like Rocket League, where like you pick the color of your car, right? You pick the color of yep. your car, but then you put a pattern on it. It's it's almost like comparable to that. I would say Rocket League uh, color schemes and decals are to Destiny One, very much more like Destiny One. Okay. Um, if there's a so, if there was a spectrum, and then Destiny Two just takes it to completely new degree. So. The, this is a long way of getting around to my main, back to my point, but it's it's important. So there's a Halo Infinite news update. Uh, there is a Chips Ahoy, Nutter Butter, and Oreo promo going on, promising in-game exclusive, quote-unquote, armor coatings. So my question would be, well, number one, what are armor coatings? Why wouldn't they just say an armor skin or an armor this or that, you know? Does this mean that 343 is undoing color customization in Halo? If so, it's, well, number one, it's extremely lame to find out from a cookie ad. But number two, this would be really, really phenomenally huge news because Halo has been historically, like, you customize your Spartan with your color. It's always been a part of the franchise in every game. It's never really been, like, squared off and, like, monetized. Um, So I'm hoping that that's what that is, Pat, what we just talked about, that it's something like a, a, a pattern or a color scheme that doesn't really affect something more destiny one yes something more subtle and not like affecting like you're not paying for green you know you're not paying for blue so that's what my trepidations are is that i look further into like the promo policy and stuff and they put like actual like arv like values toward their skins emblem so it's for sure confirmed that they're going to monetize every bit of this game because it's as again i said it's free to play so my my worries mm. is that with this game, they're charging sixty dollars for the campaign, pretty much. Like if you think about it, because they haven't confirmed that Forge is going to be their day one theater mode. They're they're putting the campaign at sixty dollars price tag, but they're also saying multiplayer is free to play. So that that gives them the excuse to charge you full price, and also gives them the excuse to gouge you because it's a free to play. So they're kind of having their cake and eating it too, from what I'm seeing so far. So that's, that's an interesting point. So this is the first time I've seen something quite like this. It's almost comparable to Call of Duty. Kind of like they have like their $60 up front and then they make their multiplayer free to play. 
So I'm really hoping that they don't follow the same steps as like Black Ops 4. You know what I was, what I was, what mm-hmm. we were talking about last week. I really hope that Halo doesn't go down that route, but we'll see. But more news on Infinite. So speaking of Infinite's multiplayer, in a recent, very recent Kotaku interview with Phil Spencer, he gives insight to the possibility of the game actually being split piecemeal. So the editor-in-chief, Steven Totillo, I believe, from Kotaku, quote, asked if Microsoft would consider offering Halo Infinite's campaign at a different time than the multiplayer, if one, you know, if one becomes complete before the other. The Xbox boss, Phil Spencer, entertains that idea. So I quote him here. He says, Bonnie Ross, head of the Halo franchise, and the team will drive those decisions. But I think we want to make sure people feel like they have a Halo experience. I think we can look look at options like that. End quote for there. He, and then it continues. He said any decisions like that would have to factor in the structure of a game and the story it's telling. He says, I think that's something to think about, but we want to make sure we do it right. And I kind of butchered that quote there. But basically, he's entertaining this idea that the game could be, the, he could release the multiplayer first. They could very well do that and then have that paid campaign later. So I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with Halo. I mean, before people were saying, will you delay Halo Infinite? He's like, that's probably not going to happen. And then it happens. So anything can really happen at this point. I think that if the game is split up in piecemeal, that would be really interesting to see. I've never seen any big AAA game really do that, where you know they're having this full package, but then they come out with like one thing first and and not call it a, a beta. I hope it would be less than $60 for the campaign when that comes out, if that's the case that it comes out piecemeal. I would really hope it doesn't do that, because I feel like it would kill the hype for the game. If it came out sub $60? Well, no, if it came out with, like, they they came out with the multiplayer first. Mm. Like, oh, here's the multiplayer. And then it makes you wonder, like, well, how much of this is inspired from the campaign? Because so many of the levels in multiplayer, it's like you get an idea of what the campaign is, you know? Like, they kind of take inspiration from the world from that world so it would be really interesting to see that because that's never been done with a halo game and i feel and i think it wouldn't be in a halo wouldn't be a halo experience so they would have to do it in a really particular way for it to for me to not put me off to it but that's just me well i hope it hope it turns out for the best that's that's all the halo news i'm shoving down your throats this week but pat let's get back to you we got some ps5 fast fire news let's get to it Yes, sir. So finally, this last week, we got a reveal of the PlayStation UI. So that for the unknowing, the UI, it stands for user interface. So that's the that main menu you're going to be seeing, all those pop-up menus that you're going to be using, popping in and out of games, taking screenshots, all that fun stuff. So the UI was revealed to us by Hideaki Nishino. And Sid Schumann. And it starts out with a little screen boot up from rest mode, which up until this point had been the only screen we had ever seen of the UI. And so straight from rest mode, we jump into the control center. Previously, there was a long menu bar with all your different games, all your different services, what may have you. And then there was a you would press up and it would jump to a a smaller menu with different chat options. Uh, your trophy list is there, your notifications and your settings and such. That ugly menu up top has been changed into this beautiful little control center 
they call it. And that has this sort of new little card system where there's going to be different tiles with news, captured media, quote unquote activities. And the activities is definitely the sickest part. Like you're going to be able to jump straight into a level of a game wherever you left off maybe. And for some select games, it's going to be able to tell you like, your progress in that level percentage of have you beat the level have you got all the collectibles how much have you explored and so on yeah that's 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 awesome i i know microsoft has kind of done that with their achievement they have like when you when you play a game there is like a 80 percent of this achievement you know you're 80 percent of the way there this one seems like it's a little bit more in depth which i really appreciate so i don't know if that in-depth detail is going to necessarily be for every game i hope to god developers implement it but at at least i know we'll see it with sony first party games Mm -hmm. but it's nice that finally like the xbox we're gonna have tracked trophies that show us our progress towards said achievement Mm -hmm. for for some games there's also going to be a personalized playtime estimate maybe for some of those levels or for the game as an entirety or playtime estimate until you hundred percent the game which is is kind of cool and is gonna tailored be tailored based on every individual's gameplay and awesome so there's also this weird new function for some in-game activities there are going to be these tips and helpful tricks that you can pull up but that's only going to be available to ps plus members and then uh, again for only for some games and it's this weird exclusivity sort of element where it's only going to be available for some games again i hope that function gets adopted by many developers but it's one of these ancillary things and i don't expect to see it a lot from games that are cross platform unless it's a very detail oriented developer like cd project red per se Mm -hmm. and it's seen like this this tips and tricks you can i believe you can pull up youtube videos perhaps or articles but it just really seems like more of a way for PlayStation to keep people from getting distracted by having to look things up on their phone or having to pull up a YouTube video and then fall down a rabbit hole and stop playing their games. So it just seems like another way for them to... seems more beneficial for Sony than it does the user, at least in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So then furthermore, we found out that voice chat is going to work across ps4 ps5 and the mobile app which is nice cross cross platform chat a function we've seen from discord but nice to have it native on the ps4 it's good to hear and then we also got picture in picture video streaming so the demo that we saw was the two games that were shown escape me but basically i could be playing god of war 2 on my ps5 And Dave, if you're playing Horizon 2 on another PS5 for the first time, or and we're friends, or you're streaming it, um, I can keep playing God of War and pop up a little stream of your gameplay in the top corner. Yeah, I saw I saw that on the on the demo. It looks pretty cool. It's a sweet function. I hope to God it's something where I can like play a game and have Netflix or Amazon or Hulu going. I think that would be the case. Again, another way to keep people 
glued to the PS5 that even if they want to watch a show and play games at the same time. So then we saw the load time and a demo of Destruction All-Stars, which was exceptionally fast. And we also saw the share button functionality, which has a lot more functionality than on the PS4. You can save screenshots and finally save gameplay for later instead of having to jump out of game immediately. Much will be much easier to post your own gameplay. And then finally, we saw the actual home screen, which is sort of a mix of the PS4 crossbar with kind of the Xbox media menu that we have with these big old tabs and full screen pages. So it does look nice. If Hey, if you're going to be picking up a PS5, I'm sure you'll be seeing it for yourself. So that rounded out the PS5 UI reveal. So then we got NBA 2K21. And for basketball-loving gamers, get your booties and your boxes ready because you're going to have a bit of a tizzy fit. For the second year in a row, even after removing them in 2K20, 2K Games has brought back unskippable ads into their $60 game. Yeah. Slow clap. You hate to see it. You really, really hate to see it. Dave, I think this this sort of thing is the canary in the coal mine for the streaming future we have ahead. I mean, God God yeah, got- forbid you're you're booting up the Halo Infinite multiplayer and you have you have to watch an ad on the loading screen that shouldn't even be there because the system can boot it up that fast. <laughs> I can already see it. Monster Monster Energy. And then lastly, a, a couple updates about PSVR, the oft-forgotten child of Sony. So first off, for you spooky-loving boys out there, Dave, I know, I know you're going to like this one. So for the first time ever, Friday the 13th Part 3 has been released in actual 3D. And this is the first release ever of that. The first time that you can watch Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D without having to use red and blue lenses. It's beautiful, crisp. This was one of the first 3D films ever that was filmed in actual 3D instead of using the red and blue gel filters on cameras that filmmakers use. Hey, if you got a VR and you like scary stuff, check it out. That will be a pretty awesome film. Kind of exclusive, more or less, to VR for that reason. And then furthermore, a little bit outside of the PSVR ecosystem, but a little bit more reason to celebrate the PSVR. Via Joel Ruska at ExtremeTech.com, headline, Facebook is perma-banning Oculus Quest 2 owners for owning an Oculus Quest 2. Nice. Yeah, baby. So the Oculus Quest 2 is a wireless VR headset that just came out, follow-up to the original Oculus Quest, and the Oculus requires Facebook login to use, and so you must, of course, by Facebook's terms, you must have an authenticated profile to log in, and you have to log in to play. And so some users are finding that Facebook is notifying some Oculus Quest 2 users that they are permabanned as soon as they log into their new device. 
fundamentally bricking the VR headset out of the box. Clean it up, Facebook. Thanks. Thanks, Zuckerberg. You know, PSVR might be a hassle sometimes. It's imperfect. It's got the cords. But at least it's reliable, and at least it's forwards compatible. So that's it. So let's head into our rotating segment. Dave, this week we finally have an article that truly has aged like milk. Thank God. <laughs> it took a while, but here we go. So via businessinsider.com, writer Kaylee Fagan on April 25th, 2018, wrote the seven reasons you should play player unknowns battlegrounds or PUBG instead of Fortnite. So Dave, we'll just go over her quick seven points real quick. I know you are a PUBG veteran, so I will ask your opinion. But off the bat, these these did not age the best. So number one, the imagery mechanics and overall style of the game are much more realistic and raw compared to the cartoon style seen in Fortnite. This realism invokes a greater sense of urgency as the player runs from gunfire, scavenges for supplies, and does all they can to stay alive. I think I would agree with that one. I would. At least, at least that one. I would. I would agree with that. That one, but it's. Of of course it does. Just on the face, if you look at screenshots of each game, of course. It's a really rambling number one. In fact, so number two. The shooting in PUBG is much more accurate and realistic. Accurate? I wouldn't... I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's the same. Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't... It's not like... A, there's not like a stark contrast between the two. So I would say that that's wrong. I don't think it makes that much of a difference either. If Fortnite's more cartoony, who cares if the gunfire is more cartoony and ridiculous? Yeah. So number three... The maps are much larger in PUBG and designed to be more treacherous. Uh, it's like the same. It's literally like just the blue, a blue line following you to get you more inside of the map compared to a purple storm. And then there's like some zones where like, you know, missiles drop on you. It's not, it's not that big of a difference. In both the games, the maps are meant to be ridiculous to push people out into the open or to push people to meet. Number four. The vehicles can be a great way to get across the map quickly and avoid enemies. Yeah, I mean, true, but then at the same time, you can get chased by cars as well. And then I'm pretty sure there's cars in Fortnite now, so... Mute point. Number five, PUBG's realistic combat and high stakes make it undeniably more violent than Fortnite. I mean, there's barely any blood in the game. I'm pretty sure this game was made for like a, like a Chinese audience, like a big mainstream audience. So I'm pretty sure they can't have blood mm. in the game. There's maybe like a little bit of it, but yeah, it's nothing crazy. So this is a bit sensationalist. Why does the realism of the, why does the 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 more violence make it better play? Number six, because the game is so serious, even the smallest moment of levity can bring the player joy. Are you a sadist? Yeah. Are you a sadist? Why why shouldn't I just enjoy the whole game the whole time? Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's so serious. I mean, there's really weird wonky like physics in the game and like I don't Yeah, this definitely aged like milk. I mean, I I get some of it is like 
you can't really putting it through like a 2020 lens there's a lot that's changed with the games as you were saying yourself a week or two ago the bugs were what helped make that game and the bugs are ridiculous and that's a big part of the game kind of <laughs> what was this what's this person's last number reason? seven overall PUBG offers a more immersive mature and intense experience uh, I don't know if I'd say mature I've definitely gotten team killed for no reason at times like just because I've got a gun that someone else uh, wanted so I don't know about mature immersive mm, no <laughs> uh, intense Int- I'll give him intense I'll give him that intensity PUBG wins yeah this this feels like an article that this person was like assigned to write like they probably didn't want to write this that's it. That's the impression that I got. Touche. <laughs> Touche. We need a. We need a. Think of a reason why you should play PUBG than Fortnite. Put it out there. Anyways. Age like milk. Kaylee Fagan. Age like milk. Sorry, you had Kaylee to write Fagan. that. But. Yeah. I think that ends. No, our no, week. no, no shade being thrown. Say that again. No shade being thrown, which I just disagree with most of the. And points. although it was written in 2018 boy it had, it did not last long that stinky stinky article cool well pat i think that does the episode that, that does i think it does put a fork in us i so think we have done. been your hosts sd dog and playstation pat fennel green versus blue can be found on spotify apple music or your favorite podcast service you can also directly support us by heading to patreon.com slash green versus blue patreon.com slash green vs blue david where can we find you on the internet uh, you can find me at sd dog on youtube or you can find me at real sd dog on twitch and you can find me on youtube and twitch at variety pat that's spelled v a riot y pat or on instagram at playstation pat if you have any burning comments questions or concerns about today's show or anything else please send us a line directly at psboxcast at gmail.com that's spelled p-s-b-o-x-c-a-s-t at gmail.com thank you and you'll hear from us next week bye-bye chicka chow